Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And can you believe it, Coach? We're finally here. It's time for the playoffs. I can't believe it, man. I This is so exciting. My favorite stretch of sports of the entire year. I love this couple of month run for the NBA playoffs with baseball going on in the background, majors in golf, the, like the PGA championship this week. And then towards the end of the NBA playoffs, you get all the NFL news of people coming to camp and getting that stuff going. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this, man. It's awesome. Yeah. And I guess technically it's the play in night not the official right. playoffs, but to me, it's the postseason. The regular season is over. Yes. These teams made the top 10, so they qualify for more games. And uh, any way you term it, it's an interesting new setup here with these two games, eight, nine, uh, 7, 8, and 9, 10. And let's make sure we're on top of the structure here. Uh, we've got the East tonight. We've got 9 versus 10, 7 versus 8. 9 versus 10, Coach, is win or go home. So That's I it. think... This first game here, Charlotte, Indiana, I think if there's a close decision to make and you're thinking about minutes down the stretch, you're going to get those extra minutes here in this 9-10 game because if they lose, they're done. So there's no reason to rest anybody. But in the second Correct. game, 7-8, if you lose that one, you're still you're still alive. You get to play two days from now against the winner of 9-10. And so there's a chance that somebody could get rested late if they're down by 15 why push guys to the final buzzer and risk injury when you when you know you're coming back here with another shot? So that's just one thing I wanted to mention about the overall strategy here. And, yes. uh, you know, it's going to be nothing new, Coach. We've been talking strategy the last couple of weeks down the end of the regular season with all these teams, some wanting to win, some wanting to lose, and uh, some playing the vets, some playing the young guys. But now it's full steam ahead Everybody trying to win, so and, and with everybody healthy, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a different analysis here moving forward. Not a little bit, a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I'll tell you what, I have not had much more fun, but also much more stress in in doing this than on Sunday. I mean, it was just hilarious. You know, it was great because I, I just shut everything else out. I was blinkers on, checking, you know, just blinders on, looking at everything. We had all 30 teams playing and 9 million scenarios. And the awesome thing is we finished with the top 3% lineup uh, through all that, you know, misery and guys sitting in Milwaukee bench late and all the craziness. Uh, so I was so thrilled. But I'll tell you what, that's over. Thank God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now it's the real deal. And for me, I know this is the play-in tournament, but this is the playoffs. Yep. I mean, here we are. You you want to win the, the championship, and then th it starts today. It's That's that right. simple. And and I want to give a shout-out because this, this whole play-in tournament, for some reason there's a lot of people out there just trashing the daylights out of it. And, you know, it's, it's hilarious that they, they follow the lead of some of the guys that are trashing it, but the reason that the NBA guys are trashing it's because they're in the middle of that mix. Like, you know, when it looked like the Mavs were going to finish in the seventh to have to play in or eighth, uh, you know, then Luca and Coach Carlisle were complaining. Then it shifted to LeBron because he saw now the Lakers collapse when he was out. They were going to have to play in. But here's the bottom line. I think it's fantastic. It, it ended up being where 
we only knew where two teams of all these 10 teams in the East were going to land as of the last day on Sunday. That's what you call keeping the fans in it, keeping you know the teams in it, not nearly as much uh, tanking as there usually is. I thought it was a wonderful idea, and I, I would guarantee you this, Andrew, this isn't going to go away. Yep. This is going to stay because it brings the fans in, gets more interest. And, you know, if you're playing for 10th to get in, like Washington, you know, they ended up getting in by a lot, but they were dead. I mean, if it was the old style, they may have just given up, fired the coach, blown it up, but they kept grinding, and, and it made for a lot of great basketball and uh, I'm really fired up for it. So I think it's a great idea, great explanation today how this is going to work. And then tomorrow it's the identical situation but with the uh, the West Coast team. So uh, this is going to be fun, man. I can't wait to, to break it down with you um, and you know, look at some stats, have a chance to discuss things a little bit so that we don't have, you know, 25 more <laughs> games to talk about. It's, you know, we can get uh, – get really into, you know, the weeds here and, and try to figure out where the best DFS plays are. That's right. So we're going to do it one game at a time, and it's an earlier start tonight, Coach, 6.30 yeah. Eastern. I, that so, was a little awkward, wasn't it? Set, I, I was shocked. Set your alarm clocks a little bit earlier tonight, everybody, and uh, let's break it down, Coach. Start us off with Charlotte and Indiana. Let's do it. And I'll tell you, I bet you a lot of people get shut out of that first game because they're not going to be expecting it to be, you know, 30 minutes earlier, but... Anyway, uh, we'll have it for you right here the whole time. On the way in here, if you're watching this on YouTube real quickly, let's just do this now and get it over with. We really need that thumbs up. We really need that subscribe button to be jammed. We're getting close to a real important internal goal here. And uh, hit the little alert button up in the corner. And If you're listening to this through any of our audio sites, uh, you know, through our podcasting, we're on iHeart, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, we're everywhere. Uh, please take a second, five stars, quick comment. We're, we're starting to mine those people that are making uh, nice comments on there and pulling out a winner monthly uh, for a th- uh, three-day pass. So, you know, take a second. We really appreciate it. We bring these to you seven days a week in front of the paywall, and then you also have a chance to win something. So we'd appreciate that. All right, the Charlotte Hornets of Michael Jordan against the Indiana Pacers. Um, it is Indiana minus three, and it's a 227 over under. Statistically, I want to talk about a few things. Pace of play here, because we really need to look at this when we have these two-game slates. Obviously, it's not going to matter, you know, on the on the one gamers that we'll have later in the week. But it's important to determine which side to stack, or is it an even, you know, break through the two teams to to have exposure in both places. But you'll find today it's very similar with both teams. You've got a pretty fast team and a slightly below average pace team. Charlotte's fifth, Indiana twenty first. Regarding no, the defensive, reverse, the reverse of that. Oh, I said it the back. I said it backwards. Indiana fifth. You're right. Charlotte twenty first. Good catch, man. I'm just making sure you're paying attention. All right, we're here. I'm ready. <laughs> and then uh, let me know if I flipped any of these other ones. My dyslexia is kicking in. I think um, defensive efficiency. I have Charlotte twentieth and Indiana eleventh. 
Um, so, you know, nothing to write home about, but not the worst in the league. And then I wanted to add offensive efficiency in for this playoff run. We haven't gone over that this uh, that much during the regular season. But it is important to know just because a team is fast-paced doesn't mean they're efficient offensively, which is going to cut down on DFS points. So really the wild card that we're looking for is a fast team that's pretty efficient offensively. Um and then we can attack the opposite side of it, you know, the other direction. Uh, offensive efficiency, I have Charlotte 23rd, Indiana 14th. So, uh, you know, nothing to write home about. That's why they're in this play-in situation in the 9-10 spot. As far as injuries go, it looks like uh, Charlotte's a go. I don't see any major uh, issues there. Uh, I think everybody buckles up and, and gives it a run. Yeah, just Cody, the- Cody Martin's still out. Along, yeah. along with Hayward, of course, but yeah. Yeah, those no, guys. No changes from the last few games. Right, and those two, I don't believe they're going to be back from what it sounds like to me. But, hey, they make a deep run somehow from this 9-10 game. Uh, we'll see. But there was not even a, a whisper of either one of those guys uh, having a chance to play in this game. Um, and then Indiana's the one, though. We, that's where we've got question marks, and we're going to need a little bit of news especially on, on uh, you know, a couple of these guys. Sabonis is listed as questionable, Andrew, but we both have read and looked into it, and I there's just no way the dude's not playing. I mean, I can't imagine. So he's listed questionable, but I have him as probable. Um, you know, as far as Holiday and Sumner go, you know, there's some question there. They're listed questionable also, but maybe probable. I, I haven't, you know, they've been in and out of some of these games. Sumner just has not been right now for the last couple of weeks. So we don't know how much those two guys are going to be able to contribute. And then, you know, the million dollar question is Malcolm Brogdon, because that changes the complexion of this game because of his, his defense, you know, because of what that brings into play with the backups from Indiana, you know, does Levert run the point uh, a bunch? Does McConnell take a role? So, you know, Brogdon has been out probably for, what, good week or two? A couple weeks, he has yeah. not. Yeah, he has not played. So is he going to play in this game? You know, it's that's something we have to follow throughout the day. So we've got to dig in, really pay attention there, because that will shift things. And when you're dealing with just two games, uh, a key component, like a good defensive starting point guard, uh, you know, we need to know if he's going to be in there or not. Um, I am going, I'll, I'll look at it both ways. Cause I really don't know. I know he hasn't played in a couple weeks or close to that, but this is the playoffs. And if they lose, they're out. So if he can go at all, I think he goes, but, uh, obviously he's not going to be hundred percent he'll be somewhat restricted. So I'm not going to play Brogdon, even if he's ruled in, let me put it to you that way. What I do think, though, is this. Uh, if he doesn't play at all, it moves LaMelo Ball up to a better play for me for those defensive reasons and that and the shifting of the, the players. It also elevates Karis LeVert to a, a lock and load for me uh, in the sense that, you know, since Brogdon's been out, he's been the biggest beneficiary. Points, assists up, uh, the whole nine yards. So, um 
you know, even if he plays, I'm going to consider both of those players, but it makes the decision extremely easy for me uh, if he sits. So those are two key players I'm looking at uh, right off the bat. Um, let me ask you this question before I tell you the, the rest of what I'm looking at in this game, Andrew. Do you think, because, you know, when you, we're talking about these games now, a lot of it comes down to equity, uh, ownership, leverage. you got to look at all of those intricate parts uh, on these short slates in the playoffs. Do you think the ownership in the industry is going to be affected at all by Sabonis's questionable tag or are people going to steamroll through it like we're thinking and just plug them in anyway? I think they're going to plug him in anyway. Okay. And, um, you know, he's just, he's been such a monster in the last month. He has. And he's, you know, he's right around 10,000. He's way cheaper than Westbrook. Um, you know, on a two game slate, uh, sometimes we'll, we'll talk about who might be the high scorer. He could be right. the high scorer of the slate. We'll, we'll see what happens with Westbrook, but, uh, I think it's hard to pass him up. Because uh, you know, I'm like you, I I think he would have to get a new injury getting off the bus to miss yeah. this game. I mean, he'd have to twist his ankle severely before the game. I, this quad thing, uh, I don't think it's going to stop him. He's ready to go. Right. You know, I agree with you 100. percent And I'm hoping that even if it just chops off five or ten percent of his ownership, that would be great because he's he's a lock for me. I'm playing him. Uh, unless, you know, obviously we'll watch it up until tip as far as if some bizarre reason he he does fall getting off the bus or, you know, something in warm-ups goes terribly wrong. But I'm, I'm plugging him in, and there, there are several reasons here, Andrew. One being, if you statistically look back over the last five weeks, since Miles Turner's been out, he has just absolutely gone bonkers. I mean, 20-20 games you know, triple-double game in there, just absolutely uh, just killing it. And, I mean, he's, other than Westbrook, who's been, you know, unworldly, he's uh, not even human, uh, he's been right up there pushing the, you know, top two or three spots. You know, the Joker's up there too, but he's right with those two guys. You were looking at the MVP and then maybe the the greatest all-around athletic point guard of all times from that standpoint. But Sabonis has been right there. He's been awesome. So, you know, you're going against a Charlotte team that never knows what they're doing at center at all. They've, you know, it was, you know, play uh, Biombo there. Then Zeller got some run lately. P.J. Washington slides down there. They go small a lot of the time. It's just a, a, a big mess. I don't want anything to do with any of those big guys at all. Um, I can tell you, though, the guy that's playing with confidence on the other side of the ball is Miles Bridges. He has been just tuned in here this last seven to ten days especially. A lot better output, and uh, I think he out-athletics McDermott and uh, could, could have a nice one here. So Sabonis a lock. I love Levert. Uh, especially if Brogdon's out. Uh, on the other side, LaMelo's high on my list. I like him even uh, better than Rozier because I think uh, Rozier's going to guard Levert. I really do. Um, but we'll see. He may play a little on on uh, 
you know, if Brogdon plays, but I think it's going to be him focused on Levert. So I think that will take a little of his offensive prowess away and, and push a little bit more towards LaMelo. And then Miles Bridges, you know, I know he's going to be probably more popular than he has been most of the year for people that have noticed he's knocking down threes and just flying all over the court. Uh, so, you know, I expect to have pretty even ownership in this game and the next game, you know, almost a 4-4 kind of split. But, you know, those are the guys I'm leaning to. There is some value here, Andrew, too, and I'm interested to see. We do need to get the final word on Holiday, Sumner, Brogdon, because if those guys are all out, you know, then the guys that have picked up the slack, for sure, you know, you've got guys like McDaniels, uh, that's that's done better, and you've got uh, McDermott who can pop up and you know throw a 25 real point game on you uh, when he's hitting his shot. So there is some backup value if some of the news changes, but uh, those are the key guys I like in this game. I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a close game, and we should get full run uh, out of most of the guys. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty similar with you in many ways here so far uh, in terms of probably having a balanced uh lineup here with game 1 and game 2 and both of these teams focused you know primarily on Sabonis as the key pay up lock in play. Lavert w- would be in play for me if Brogdon is out and I love him in those situations in general, but I definitely prefer Sabonis and Lavert may not make the lineup for me just because of Price and these other guys I want to get in there. Right. Um, I mean, I think he's going to have huge usage, um, but a hefty price tag. So I yeah. probably would have to sacrifice there. And Rozier's no no bum on defense. He's That's no slouch. Sure. He's no slouch. I think the one one difference for me is Rozier right now, I, I do like a little bit more than Lamelo. He's been so uh, aggressive offensively. Yeah, uh, similar price tag, and he's a shooting guard on FanDuel, so I like right. that. Um, he's not cheap either, though. That's the only problem. Yeah. But I agree with you. He's he's played great basketball. I also agree with you on Bridges. I think he's really one of the X factors for me on this slate. The yeah. first couple lineups I've been playing around with, he hasn't made it, and hmm. so I, 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 you know, I, I want to keep playing with it because I'd like to get him in there. I think he could be one of the key guys here that ends up with 40 to 50 fantasy points you know and if you have Westbrook Sabonis you're certainly trending more towards stars and scrubs it gets harder to get in multiple mid-tier guys like this and I want to I want to play Rozier so it makes it really hard to also have bridges so I'm going to keep playing with that and then I think it's important to note that Charlotte really has shorten the rotation here the last couple games you've seen bridges get back out there and get the big minutes and the trickle down effect we've seen monk really have his minutes reduced he's yeah i mean 14 15 and six minutes in his last three games he isn't even a consideration for me yep uh graham certainly is you know he's the one guard who is getting the minutes and then with the bigs biombo the last couple games has been almost non-existent but zeller has stepped up 36 and 30 minutes even off the bench so he's one other value play that i'll I'll consider in this game scary though yep and then with with the indiana value 
I agree. You got to look at uh, McDermott, uh, Holiday. You're going to need a couple guys like that on this slate. It's just the way it works. If you, yeah, if, if you're going to roster Westbrook and Sabonis, you, you got to find value. It's that simple. Yep. And, the, and most people probably will. Right. And then the final guy that I would mention is if Sumner and Holiday and Brogdon are out, surprisingly, then the the other value guy for Indiana, Keelan Martin, is cheap on DraftKings at 3800 And did you know, Coach, with that strong finish to the season, he's now, it's a small sample size, but he's shooting 45, 40, and 90. That's crazy. Not, not too shabby. So I, I don't think he'll come into play because I think Brogdon will probably go and I would think Sumner, maybe even Aaron Holiday. I would think two of those three play. Yeah, the sad thing is they probably will and they'll all divvy up minutes, which makes them somewhat unplayable, yeah, you know, they're all unless playing. you're just begging for somebody to make 25 fantasy points, you know? Yeah, if they're all playing, it could just be Sabonis for me, maybe McDermott or Holiday, but uh, I agree. If they're all playing, then it gets pretty crowded all of a sudden over there. If Brogdon starts, is he in consideration? Yeah, on FanDuel, he's only 7300 So I think that'll be a really interesting decision because LaMelo is $100 cheaper. I know. Um, you know. See, we, for we, me, it's just dead dead nuts. I want no – I mean, the guy hasn't played in weeks. I, I get it, and he's good, but 20 minutes maybe, 25? The only thing, I, I, as we're talking it out here, thinking it through – what if they've been a tiny bit coy with him and you know they 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 realize in the last game or two they were going to get in without him and you know like the last game they knew they were going to get in they didn't play him they could they they were thinking oh, okay we're working for 9 versus 10 we get a home game and they think well we we'd rather just have him healthy so maybe he was maybe he could have played in the last one but they held him out and he's actually going to come back a little stronger than we would have thought. I'll tell you, he plays 30, 32 minutes against LaMelo. He could break the slate. Yep. So great GPP shot because yep. if he does, he's going to take something down uh, without question. So very, very interesting strategically. But, boy, we have to watch the news there because not only do we need to know if he's in, we need to know you know, what that minutes restriction is. To, to you know make that determination um i i tell you this is going to be a good game though it's going to be I, I i'm pretty sure it's going to be close i really feel like it's going to be one of those hard fought down to the wire games yeah i think it'll be a good way to start off the playing events i uh looking forward to it uh, before yep. we get to the second game definitely want to f- invite folks to join us for this postseason action we've got our great package we just posted the playoff package for this whole two-month period uh, for only 111 so it's a terrific offer dfscoachtalk.com jump in there and we'll send you an email get you into our discord and we'll give out our lineups there about 20 minutes before lock we do full FanDuel lineups cash gpp full yahoo the DraftKings. we do coaches clipboard on bigger slates we do core on smaller slates uh, so if you have any questions reach out to us on twitter at dfscoachtalk Coach, you ready to get going for game two here? 
I am ready. I do have one question I want to ask you about this game. Okay. Because this shapes the entire slate for me and my entire build. I need to know, and I've dug through as much information, I found out as much information as I could, but I need you to enlighten me here because I know the Celtics are your team, so I figured you'd have the best take on this. But I need to know, is Marcus Smart going to guard Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal? You know, it's a good question. Um, Beal, here's the thing. I mean, we've been all over Westbrook lately. Right. Um, you know, rolling with him during his historic stretch and breaking the record. But if you look at these games in the regular season, it was Beal who has dominated the Celtics. That's my point. Over 40 points, both games, real points. Yeah. Uh, and Jalen Brown played some of those minutes, and they don't have Jalen Brown to defend him. Exactly. Because uh, they, they had the luxury of letting brown guard beal although he didn't do that good at it and smart guard westbrook but they don't have that now and there's no way they put fournier on one of those guys because he he can't defend me I so know. do you realize that as of right now my lineup doesn't have westbrook sorry i'm jumping the gun on this but i'm so excited about it because i'm thinking if smart guards westbrook and they shade to him and slow him down the way beal is confident against this team he may outscore Westbrook in DFS points. And I know that's a real contrarian take and two games slate, you know, they, they got to think coach coach has some funny uh, drink in here uh, to be talking about this, but does it make sense? I, I think it is possible. Um, oh Lord. I, I don't think this is, I was hoping you'd talk me out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a hundred percent lock in Westbrook. I mean, you really have to play with it and you know, it could change, obviously, between now and, and the opener um, with with late-breaking news. Um, but I, I think that's the most important piece of news from either of these games in the matchups in the regular season. You know, like, if you look at the first Charlotte-Indiana, all those games were different because you had Turner playing. Lamb was a starter in a couple of those. Right. Uh, Hayward was playing. Levert wasn't until the last game. Turner still started. Uh, the, uh, you had guys like Zeller starting. So the matchups were different every single time in that in that game. In this game, you know, you do have that consistency. And I was watching these games, and that was the thing that continued to stand out. Like, wow, they the Celtics have no answer for Beal, and they, right. which is a little surprising. I mean, Boston's been a little below average defensively all season, but Smart, we know, is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Brown is very athletic and long. And so it was really eye-opening to watch those games and see Beal just absolutely dominate. Yeah. So they are in trouble without Jalen Brown. And, and, you know, it's like if they could have smart sort of half and half, they would. Uh, but he, he can only really guard one at a time. So I, I think Beal is in a great spot. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting all of a sudden to have a different look at it instead of just Westbrook going wild. Um, you know, Beal is, is much more in play for me than he has been. Um, I'm a hundred percent with you almost to the point where I play him instead of Westbrook, which is risky. And I haven't made that final decision, but your reasoning is exactly right. And if you go back to basketballreference.com and you look at that, those matchups and you just take Jalen off the floor, I just, 
it just looks to me as though Smart's going to have to check Westbrook. I'll tell you what, if if Walker tries to guard Westbrook, he could get 100 fantasy points. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, the, 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 so this is what's the other interesting part about it is what does Washington do with their starting lineup? Because with Neto missing the last one, they went bigger. They started Rui and Bertans right. and Len and to go with Westbrook and Beal. And so if they do that again, to your point, who is Kemba going to guard? If he doesn't guard Westbrook because they want to put Marcus Smart on him, and he right. can't guard Beal, so they have to just put Evan Fournier on there and you know cross their fingers, Kemba's going to guard Rui or Bertans? He, that's an impossibility. I mean, it's it's rough. So yeah, uh, they are, Washington's almost better if they go big and sit Neto. But I you would know, because, because of because of Kemba, I would go big. I would too because bring him off the it bench. It forces their hand defensively, which is going to create a insane mismatch for Westbrook or Beal to take advantage of. But that's it. I mean, do they? Is, Neto's probable, and yeah. he has started a majority of these games. So you know. If they switch and go big to either, uh, you know, even Hutchison is a bigger, more lanky defender guy that could cause some trouble. Or, you know, obviously the the rifle, the flame shooting three-pointer uh, guy, he's, you know, I don't know. That's what we need to see. We need to know what that lineup's going to be. Because it sort of bails Boston out if they do start Neto. Because they can put Walker on Neto. At exactly. least he has, you know, a, a fair running shot at that but that still means fournier is probably guarding beal and if you don't think beal's eyes are going to be like those saucers you see on the Mm -hmm. i mean he ought to just smoke fournier i would think i think so too so yeah yep uh that's going to be huge to continue to play with that and figure out if we even want to pay up to westbrook or if we want to pay down to beal um One thing that's not going to change much for me is I'm not too interested in a lot of the other Washington guys. Uh, You know, I like Berton's getting a couple more minutes as a starter. He's one of the potential value plays on the slate, low 4K range that could get it done. Uh, And Rui is on the borderline. He's, He's playable. Len, I don't think I'll get to tonight after five minutes in the last one. Uh, Lopez has been getting a little bit more run. He's pretty cheap on DraftKings. Gafford, we know, can really blow up uh, his minutes if, a little more often than we'd like, get cut a little bit in favor of Lopez. Uh, and then I don't want to mess with Hutchison, Matthews, Gill, any of those Too guys. much risk. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm embarrassed, though, Andrew. I, I don't know if I can even say this because it's going to be recorded and I can never take it back, but... I'm actually interested in Lopez a little bit with that half-hearted hook. I mean, it seems like Westbrook loves him. Yeah, he does. And uh, if you look at the center position on FanDuel today, it is not very attractive. No, it's not pretty. Like, it's got guys that you would, in other contexts, want to play, like Robert Williams on the other side. But he's coming back from injury. Uh, Probably going to split the game with Tristan Thompson. And so if you want to spend up for Sabonis and company... Lopez is is right there. Uh, he he made my first lineup that I built on FanDuel. He was the guy that I, I settled on. I can't on. believe it because I would have never projected that either. But it just, you know, he certainly has had 
the most momentum at that position for them in this last couple weeks. And we don't really have a lot of faith in some of the decisions Coach Brooks makes. Tell me about and it. the rotations. But it does feel like he's trusting him a little bit more as the veteran. And that was, uh, you know, a key game right there in that last regular season game against Charlotte for seeding. And he trusted right. him in that spot. So Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with you just look at the body language out there and, you know, for a time, you know, uh, it doesn't look like Westbrook ever completely trusted Alex Lynn. He was just sort of part of it at when he was forced to play with him on the court, he started going more to Hashimura. But then, you know, when you started getting Gafford in there a little, he was giving him the alley-oops and I think he liked having Gafford in there, but he never gets minutes uh, or enough minutes. And then all of a sudden, they just started, he started clicking. And if, you know, most of Lopez uh, baskets come on Westbrook feeds where he'll penetrate and kick to him for that four, five foot half hook. And you can't deny it. And I know a lot of people have seen it, but I bet you we could still get Lopez low because Len starts and everybody knows Gafford is there. Maybe it scares people, but Man, I, I can't believe that I'm talking like this, but I, as of right now, he's probably my center. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and sometimes it's it's funny to look at these box scores and you hear about and you watch Westbrook with these monster triple-double with 15 to 17 assists, and then nobody else is hitting values. So it's like, where did those baskets come from? Well, Lopez usually has five or six of them in the paint. And you're right, they come from Westbrook. He likes to feed him. And he knows it's a really good chance that it's going to lead to an assist. So, right. Uh, and he's, you know, he is all about, you see it. You know, if he passes it to a guy and he turns it over, or puts a clunker up, he gets pissed. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm not giving you the ball again in this next time down. So he's, and he hands, he has the keys to the car, you know, next. So, I mean, granted, he gives it to Beal and clears out sometimes, but everybody else, you better convert when Westbrook gives you the ball or you ain't seen it again. Right. He'll just take it to the rack himself and Say, throw up a yeah, shot. Screw you. Maybe get out of my in. way. Maybe he'll get fouled. <laughs> exactly. So on the Boston side, um, you know, here's another thing that struck me from the regular season. Both of these games were a little lower scoring. 116-107, 111-110. So 223 was the highest. And the total here is 232. I know. Uh, oh, by the way, in the first game, those all three of their regular season games went under this total of 227. Uh-oh. So, um, you know, as you look at the slate as a whole, it's not necessarily, oh, we got to load up on Washington-Boston because Washington is playing and we know they have the number one pace and a bad defense. It is more balanced for, for whatever reason. Uh, these teams were got into a little bit more of a half-court game against each other than normal. So uh, that's that's my preface to to Boston. Um, we also have the dynamic where they sat everybody against New York, and you got minutes from a bunch of guys who probably won't play tonight. But we're back to the starting crew here: Kemba, Marcus Smart, Fournier, Tatum, and then either Williams or Tristan Thompson. We'll see. They both have been dealing with injuries. We'll see who starts. Um. But it is it is a good matchup, but you've got these guys who haven't been playing much. They haven't been in a great groove. Uh, you know, Fournier has been stepping up, but now everybody's out there next to him. 
so I don't like him quite as much. Uh, Tatum, uh, you know, he's in the same price range as Sabonis. Uh, I like Tatum tonight. He's been solid against Washington. I do like Sabonis a little bit better. Uh, Tough to get them both in there. Kemba has had a couple decent games here, but he's been priced up a little bit. He he is in consideration for me. And yeah. that, that you know, that's a tough decision today. If you look at Kemba, Lamelo, Brogdon if he plays, selecting one of those three guys. Um you know, I I, I think on DraftKings, I like how Kemba's a little bit cheaper than those other guys. So he may get more of a look for me over there. Um but probably, you know, I'll probably have one of those four guys um, because, you know, it, we, we are dealing with the Washington defense no matter right. what. And then on the Boston bench, I'm not too excited about these guys. Um, Pritchard is a little bit more expensive than I would like. And then we don't quite know. This is This is the one X factor is when... Coach Stevens looks to the bench and he's looking for a guy to get 15 to 18 minutes tonight. Is he going to turn to Grant Williams? Is he going to turn to Neesmith for shooting? Uh, is he going to turn to Semi Ojale for defense? Um, I think that's a little bit hard to predict. And those guys don't have a ton of upside coming off the bench. You know, they're, no. they're, guy, they're guys you kind of need to consider if they're starting. But uh, I think there's a decent chance. I passed the Boston bench. I do want to mention Jabari Parker. He looked really good against New York, and I know he hasn't been playing much, but if you need a scorer, to me, you know, Pritchard obviously can come in and, and heat it up a little bit, but, I mean, I obviously he's more of a scorer than Grant Williams and Semi Ojale, so I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if he gets a little run tonight. Yeah, it'd be a nice little GPP sneaky play. Um I just want to touch on uh, all the numbers here. I know you mentioned some of them, but just as a since we're looking at a two gamer, I've got uh, the latest betus.com.pa uh, odds. One of our awesome sponsors, uh, Boston minus two and a half over under two thirty two and a half. Fastest team in the league pace wise, Washington. Boston's down to twentieth, and then regarding defensive team efficiency, Washington all the way to eighteenth. Andrew. Which is shocking. I mean, they were they were buried. They were 29th at one point, uh, just ahead of Sacramento, and trying to get to 30th. And all of a sudden, they're 18th. Boston's 15th. So you know, again, I'm with you. I think that over under is a little too high. It it just doesn't add up for me. But uh, and then offensive efficiency. Even though they're the fastest team uh, in the league, they're only 18th. Inefficiency, so there's still a lot of turnovers, still a lot, decent amount of missed shots, whereas Boston uh, is 11th. So you know they're generally going to work the ball a little bit more, get better shots, a little bit more efficient, but certainly not as efficient without Jalen Brown out there. Um, and again, Neto probable. We know Jalen Brown's not going to play. Everybody else pretty much is a go. Now, one thing that just struck me as we were talking about this, and it didn't occur for even a minute on basketballreference.com when I was trying to figure out who's going to guard who in this game, I'm going to make an assumption here that also could change the slate. And I could be dead wrong. It hasn't happened. I'm just trying to get inside Brad Stevens' head, and he's a, a great coach. If they start Neto 
and Robert Williams does start at center for Boston. How about this idea, Andrew? This, I think, is the best chance for Boston to win this game. They put Marcus Smart on Russell Westbrook and Jason Tatum on Bradley Beal. And then I know you got to shuffle the deck there, but, I mean, let's face it. Westbrook and Beal score 75% of their points. Tatum is an all-defensive team potential first-team, second-team defender. Why not put them on Beal? I mean, you can't let Westbrook or Beal go off for 40 to 50 real points. Now, somebody's, you know, somebody's going to come out shorthanded here. You'd probably put Walker on Neto at that point, which is fine, was I'm sure what they'd want to do. And then Williams will guard Lander, whoever's at center. It comes down to then Fournier would have to try to guard Hashimura, which isn't going to be ideal for, for Boston. However, I would do that and make Hashimura beat you. If he scores 30, you know, and then you take your hat off. But I would prefer to force him to score as opposed to allowing a just gargantuan game from Westbrook or Beal. I mean, do you think that's possible, or am I I'm digging too deep? I, I think it's possible. Um, yeah, I'd like my chances defending Beal more with Tatum than with Fournier. Um, yeah. It would create a matchup against a mismatch against Rui, and maybe they go into the post with him a little bit more. But we know that with Westbrook and Beal playing, Rui doesn't get a ton of shots. So they would have no. to change their offensive approach to really take advantage of Rui against Fournier. The only other thing that I think could happen is they bring Fournier off the bench. I know he's been playing great offensively, awesome. but if yeah. they start semi Ojale just to play defense, then yeah, he that, he'd be perfect on Hashimura. That would not shock me because then you yeah. get the spark plug of Fournier coming off the bench. Um, so this is this is going to be a fun cat and mouse game to see how it. Plays it really out. is because if Neto doesn't start and they do play one of the other bigs, then it, it that shoots that in the you know right in the in the heart. Then you can't start Fournier, in my opinion. You have to start a big, but that has everything to do with that game, though, because you know it neutralizes some spots and creates some openings in others. So lots of watching of Twitter. You know, all the feeds that we have from uh, all the local, uh, you know, beat writers and everything. And we'll see if we can figure out, you know, we're not going to know all of it because the coaches are going to keep that under their hat. But, you know, this may be I'm a one one guy uh, lineup build. But because of these situations, you may I may play two lineups today with just an alternative look. In, on my hybrid to have a secondary piece based on some of those defensive rotations. Cause I think that dictates the game. I agree. Yeah. So any final thoughts on uh, picks or fades here for game two for you? I do have one last question for you. Cause you're the value man that always helps me come through with some value plays because these benches aren't very deep and it's an all in kind of game. My problem is going to be finding at least two really good value plays. I mean, like not Miles Bridges' expensive value. I'm talking lower. Do you have a couple favorites? Because we're going to have to bite the bullet and either play a Lopez or McDermott or Fournier or some. I mean, some of these guys are Robert Williams. I mean, somebody's going to have to get the low salary i wondered who you were leaning towards or if you had a pool of a few guys yeah it's it's a little smaller pool than usual i don't i don't right. love it 
and I definitely don't have the clarity at 11 in the morning here because, you know, in game one, it's all about all those, are those Indiana guys playing? Um, if, you know, Sumner, Holiday, Brogdon play, then that really hurts the other Indiana value guys. And, uh, you know, Sumner would be a roll the dice guy if he's going to start. If he's healthy enough to start, he's oh. cheap. I, I do like Zeller. So I think you could go. Wow. Two cent- I think you could go two centers on DraftKings. You could go with Lopez, who's only thirty one hundred, and Zeller, and that could really help you. Um, I, I'm I'm a little hesitant to play Monk, even though I probably would want to use him if I was coaching uh, in a you know win or go home situation to take advantage of his shooting. But uh, you know I just can't trust anybody else on that bench, and then. In uh, in game two, I don't like those Washington guys. Um, you know, maybe Ish Smith because you know he's been getting solid minutes. Certainly, um, if if Neto is you know hampered by oh, minutes, Ish yeah. would be a good one. And if he happens to be out, then Ish you know gets a big bump for me. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I just don't I don't like the Boston. No, there's not much really at all. Yeah. So it's it's very hard, and that's why. You know, give a little more of a look to a Zeller, uh, maybe Ish Smith, uh, and Rolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. This is going to be tough, man. I mean, there's there's no dead chalk if you ask me. I don't care what anybody says. I know Westbrook and Sabonis will be chalky, but the bottom line is you can make pivots here because you're going to be forced to. You can't play Westbrook, Sabonis, and like two other top guys. Or, or you're you're going to be really playing some scrubs. So, you know, this is going to be fun, man. I What a great way to start the playoffs. Absolutely. So we'd love to have you join us for the journey. Again, DFSCoachDoc.com. Get that playoff package and be with us all throughout this terrific run to the finals. Any questions, reach out to us on Twitter, DFSCoachDoc. You can also follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. Uh, subscribe to that YouTube channel for us if you haven't already. And we'll be back again tomorrow to break down the East, uh, the Western Conference the Western. play-in yeah. Uh, yeah. two-game scenario. Looking forward to that with two teams who you know, have a real shot and have the talent to, to make a deep run with Golden State and the Lakers. Uh, so it's going to be that's fun. Gonna, that's going to be a blast. Hey, last couple of things I want to mention. Uh, big shout-out to our the new member of our Coach Talk team, uh, John Wehausen, we are so fortunate to to have him join us. Um, for our members, some people will recognize him as Jet W on there. Uh, he is uh, come in as the director of analytics, so uh, we're going to ha- really be adding several different uh, things to our website and to our members for everything from uh, analytical analysis to being able to track performance of you know what you're playing how you're doing it on and on i could go on for an hour with what what it's going to bring to the table for us but huge welcome to john uh our our family here that uh behind the scenes keeps getting stronger and stronger so uh, we're very fortunate to have him aboard and uh you know we're looking forward to creating even more uh for our members that that join and also last thing you know, remember this because people forget it and they just look at it face value. Most of our competitors will sell uh, memberships by sport. 
and have like 16 sports. We, you get everything that we have at Coach Talk when you become a member. We focus very deeply on four main sports, basketball, football, baseball, and golf. And we grind those and we dig into them. And when you join, even if you join for this NBA playoff package of two months, you get all the golf and all the baseball that's going on, including all our lineups. Uh, you know, we're giving the coaches clipboard, which is a, a highlighted group of players for DraftKings, full hybrid and GPP lineups for both uh, FanDuel and Yahoo, which is really getting some momentum uh, with our members as well. So we'd love to have you. If you want to try us out to see if you want to get that membership, sign up today or tomorrow. You get a three-day pass for $10. You know, the big real playoffs with the eight seeds starts on Saturday, so you could be in position uh, to join at that time. So that is it, my friend. I could talk like six hours about these two games, but I know that uh, our, our listeners probably wouldn't uh, would get a little tired of it after a while. So hopefully this gave everybody enough news to build some huge winners and, uh, you know, comment, send us some questions. We're at DFS coach talk on Twitter. Andrew is at language Olympic and I am at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. Wow. It's storming. I don't know if you can hear that lightning, but we're getting torrential rain here. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully our guys will be raining threes like it is down in Dallas. That's what we want, man. And I like that. I like those jokes. I've been hot with the jokes lately. Did you <laughs> see some of mine last night? Yeah. Guy won $20 and 20 cents. I said, I see his, see his winnings very clearly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke you to yeah. death. <laughs> All right. Well, we do hope that that helped you get ready for the opener here for the play in. Uh, thank you all for joining us. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.